Stampeder Podcast. I'm Jock Wilson. And I'm Dave Rowe. And today we are talking the state of receiving in the Canadian Football League. And we're going to break it down with the top five all-time list for your Calgary Stampeders. And you, you know, it's interesting because, Dave, you look at the Calgary Stampeders this year, the receiving core has been decimated. I've, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, at the start of the year, we were talking about this being the best-looking, deepest receiving core you know, in the history of the Calgary Stampeders, and now it's it's the deepest, most impressive six-game injured list in the history of the Calgary Stampeders receiving court. It, it truly is, and and you look at it, look at Kamar Jordan. He is, as far as the stats go, he's still number four on the list with 944 yards, and he is done for the season. He's only played in 10 games this year, but, you know, I, I think Kamar Jordan, if, you know, halfway through the season, he was probably in the running for the MOP conversation, but now, mm-hmm. obviously, he's not. And, and I wanted to ask you this question, because I think it's really really, really interesting. If you were building a team in the Canadian Football League today, uh, and you could, you had to start with the receiver, you couldn't take a quarterback, you couldn't take a defensive player, you had to talk, take a receiver, who would be the receiver that you would take on your team? Wow. I mean, if, if, it's, just, if it's just one guy, mm-hmm. and you could have any guy uh, around the league... I would sure like to start with Duke Williams. I yeah. mean, he's just he's he's so exciting. He's such an electric player. I mean, he's he's got everything. He's got great hands. He's got that explosive speed. He's got the ability to take you over the top. I mean, I still I, you know I still maintain that the Calgary Stampeders, when you look at it, sort of one through five, have a better overall receiving core. But if you're looking mm-hmm. for the guy in the Canadian Football League right now, I think you have to look at Duke Williams. Well, well Duke Williams is is the right answer because of his age. Yeah, he's only 25. Now, you know, again, if you wanted to make that a national receiver, it's got to be Brad Sinopoli, but Brad mm-hmm. is now 30 years young. Yeah. And, you know, not old in general terms, but getting a little older in CFL terms. But Brad Sinopoli is having an outstanding season. The only thing I don't like about uh, Duke Williams, when you look at his numbers, he's been targeted 132 times this year, only 76 catches. That, to me, that's not very good. Well, I think part of the problem there is that once you get past Duke Williams, especially with Darrell Walker getting hurt, Mm-hmm. That the fact that it's a lot easier to cover Duke Williams when you don't have to worry about Darrell Walker, and there's really no one else on that Eskimo receiving group that, that really scares me. Funny though, if I'm looking for a Canadian receiver to start to, to start my group with, mm-hmm. I think I might say Juwan Breskison. Wow, he because really he's, he's coming into his own, yeah. and from what I saw in Montreal, he was so impressive. Uh, he is really responding to the pressure of the receiving core needing to step up. He made some great catches. And he's the big tree, big yeah. target, eh? And he can get up there and, and, and you know, try to you know, beat the defensive backs and catch it. He's been targeted 51 times this year. He has 32 catches. He's he's done very, very well. And and obviously taking a much bigger role with the Calgary Stampeders yeah. this year because of the injury situation. And and this team is very lucky to have a guy like Juwan. I mean, you know, receivers don't usually look like they spend time in the weight room. Juwan Breskison does. But uh, despite the muscle he's got, he doesn't sacrifice speed. You know, we did have Dave Dickinson on Sports Talk with Jock earlier this week. And, and I love the fact that he is still very confident that once this team clinches a playoff spot, well, they've clinched a playoff spot already, but once they get into that uh, Western final, which we think they're going to clinch, um, there's a very good chance they get the bye week that DeVaris Daniels could return for the playoff game. And that, you know, that is important because if you can get Eric Rogers healthy, I'm not sure what Chris Matthews is going to be for this Calgary Stampeder team, but let's hope he's going to be another big target. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this team will be okay heading into the playoffs because right now uh, I have my doubts. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe Markeith Ambles uh, matures uh, a little bit because he's only had... Uh, 
a, a couple of starts. Eric Rogers, uh, I think, still needs to get a little bit healthier. I was watching him in Montreal. Uh, a couple of nice catches, but both on short patterns. I really didn't see him, uh, you know, looking explosive and again trying to go deep. So he needs to get a little bit healthier. But yeah, optimism with Tavares Daniels. It's a broken collarbone. You figure that's about uh, a six-week healing time, and it's not something structural, you know, like a like a knee, like a uh, a broken arm uh, that re- that a Reggie Begleton has. So uh, I'm optimistic that we're going to see Tavares before this is all over. Are you surprised Brandon Banks is having the season he's having for yes. the Hamilton Tiger Cats this yes. year? Yeah. I thought that I thought that Brandon Banks was a guy whose uh, time had had really come and gone because I always thought of Brandon Banks as a returner first, and mm-hmm. and and his his to, main tool in the toolbox was out running into the corner and then turning up the field, and he doesn't have the speed to do that anymore. But under June Jones this year, he is uh, he's looking look, looking reborn. He's reinvented himself, yeah, and, and I think that's fantastic because he's number three. I, right I now. think about it. I, I, I compare him to S.J. Green last year, a guy mm-hmm. that a lot of people had had written off and who had that great right. comeback season with a, with a new coach. And I believe Brandon Banks is, is, is only 30. You know, and I say only 30, again, older in CFL standards, but, yep. you know, ultimately still has a couple of good years ahead of him. So, I, you know, I, I think he's probably been the biggest story in mm-hmm. the Canadian Football League this year as far as the receiving, well, other than the Calgary Stampeders and their injury issues, because yeah. <laughs> that's been the biggest story without a doubt. Uh, but as far as reinventing himself, I think Brandon Banks has been very good. So, again, you would, uh, you would uh, if you had the first pick overall, you had to take a receiver, Duke Williams would be your guy. Yeah, Duke Williams okay. would be my international, and my national would be Juwan, Juwan Braskison. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. And, uh, you know, I, I can't argue with that because I do, you know, if Kamar Jordan was healthy, I, I might I might stay with, Kamar Jordan was having such a great year. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's so sad that he is uh, he is out. All right, we're going to basically get to our top five list. Top Stampeders of all time here on the Calgary Stampeder Catching podcast. Catching the football. Catching the football. You know, we could go quarterbacks, we could go running backs, we you could do a lot of different things. But let's uh, let's stay with the receivers because it's been such a big story for the Calgary Stampeders this year. So, who's number five on your list? Number five on my list is I'm going back uh, to uh, the man, the legend, Herm Hamhans Harrison. Ah, yes. You know, three-time CFL All-Star uh, and just one of the faces of the franchise uh, through history. The only tight end on my list, which isn't a real reach since tight ends have been <laughs> out of fashion for kind of a long time. He didn't start as a tight end. No, he's a linebacker. He was a linebacker, yeah. and they converted him to tight end. And, uh, you know, obviously a Hall of Famer. He is, uh, you know, he was into the Hall, I think, in 1993. Uh, and, and and the other thing that made Herm Harrison great, he's number four on my list, by the way, just mm-hmm. so you know. But uh, I may as well talk about Herm now since you brought him up number five on your list. Uh, he was a great blocker. And, yeah. and, you know, when you think of great blocking receivers, you know, first, you know, because this is now, this is, uh, you know, the, the new era that you and I are working in, you know, you think of uh, Nick Lewis. And, and obviously Herm Harrison back in the day, and if you watch some videos, not only was he great with the hands, he was great at blocking downfield. And I think, you know, if you are going to be a true ultimate receiver, you have to do it all. You just can't be a great pass catcher and a great route runner. You have to do the, the blocking as well. And that is the gospel that they preach well, it, exactly. around this team. Mark Way McDaniel didn't make my list, didn't play enough for the mm-hmm. Calgary Stampeders, but he was a great blocker downfield as well. So my number five on my list is Dave Sponges. And, and again, Sponge, you know, we, we all go back to the Doug Flutie era. We all go back, uh, you know, to the Allen Pitts era. And I wanted to get a couple of nationals on my list. So uh, so Dave is one of my two nationals on my list. And I, n- not only do I like the guy, yeah. I just thought he had great hands. And again, he could do it all. I thought he was a good blocker downfield. He had great hands. He could run r- great routes. Obviously, when you have Doug Flutie throwing you the ball too, uh, and you're 
and you're the target for Doug Flutie, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to inflate your numbers a little bit. But uh, I tell you what, uh, Dave Sapungis, the sponge, uh, makes number five on my list. I've got him a little higher uh, on my Flutie. list. But again, okay. uh, for all, all the same reasons, what a great group he was, uh, he was a part of. I mean, it's yeah. hard to look past that group when you're doing an all-time list on receivers. Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, two-time outstanding Canadian, three-time Grey Cup Outstanding Canadian, so that'll. Uh, where's, you know, the, where's he on your list? I've got him. Uh, I got him at number. I got him at number three. Number three. Okay. Okay. okay well, there you go. You, you know who's number four on my list because I got uh, who you had at number five. So I've got Herm Harrison at number four on my list. So where are you going, at number four? I'm going. It's a, th- this is a little bit of an off the board pick because you know when you think of this guy about his career numbers, you think more of his time as a Montreal Alouette. But I've got Jermaine Copeland at number wow. four. Okay. And it's more. This is more a, ph- a philosophy pick than a numbers as a Calgary. Stampeder pick because the reason the reason I have Cope at that number was when this team was kind of broken coming out of the F Troop days. Mm-hmm. In comes Jermaine Copeland and he had that style and he had that swagger he and he just established and he had that suit that that. that <laughs> No one wore a suit like Jermaine. Co- the man can wear a suit and shoes too. Good looking, good looking shoes. Forget Fred Pateri. You know Jermaine Copeland had the shoes, but he he just established that attitude, that swagger among that Stampede receiving core. You know when you looked at that group of you know Kenyon Rambo, mm-hmm. uh, you know Nick uh, Nick Lewis. I mean you know the the Nick Lewis we all knew wasn't the Nick Lewis that that, that arrived in Calgary until Cope got a hold of him. Well, I I, I don't think you and I are going to differ too much with our top two. Picks, uh, yeah. but I, I will differ with number number three because uh, I, I tell you what I love Cope and uh, I you know you have to some people don't make your list when you when you do these top five lists but I'm yeah. going to go with another national player and a guy that was was really what Calgary was all about and the name is synonymous with the Calgary Stampeders of course I'm talking about Tommy Frisani yeah and and Tommy even though he didn't win championships which is too bad he didn't play on a great team but he was a great receiver and he was really what Calgary was all about and mm-hmm. when you see you know go to McMahon Stadium and you see number 22 you know retired for the Calgary Stampeders uh, Tommy Frisani you know I, I was young when he was playing mm-hmm. you know in his prime and I, I sort of remember a few of the highlight catches, but you talk to some of the old-time players that played with Tommy Frizzani, the guy could catch the ball, and the guy could oh, run yeah. great routes. So uh, I had to go with a couple of nationals yeah. on my list. So and Dave's with the family, too. Yeah, well, you know, it, you look at the, you know, the three the three well, Frizzani's. Exactly right. So how can, yeah. the, how can a Frizzani not make my list? I've got uh, Tommy Frizzani number three. Uh, see, he was a guy I really struggled with, and I wanted to get on the list, but I only had five spots, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm happy with the way I filled them. The one, the one other guy who didn't make the cut for my list, and, and again, it was just, uh, you know, he had the, the body of work here, but it seemed like he had uh, a lot of his great years when he went on to play in Edmonton, and that was Terry Vaughn. Mm. You know who Very was you know who was overshadowed with the group that he was with. But man, what a receiver! I mean, TS had had him on the top fifty CFL players. Of, of all time, and right. it seemed like every time Edmonton came back to town, Terry Vaughn wanted to personally take it out on the Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> you know, Terry Vaughn was dynamic. You know, even a guy like Pee Wee Smith, who's obviously not going to make our list either. Yeah. Pee Wee Smith was a dynamic uh, yeah. player with great speed and great wheels and everything else. So, uh, no, it's uh, th- these top five lists are kind of fun because there are lots of players that could be on the list that don't make the list. Yeah, exactly. That uh, is, boy, I didn't, the, yeah, Pee Wee was another guy that uh, you know really sort of struggled with. <laughs> so, we're getting down to uh, Yes. To the top two, and here. I, I have a feeling that our, our top two are going to be very, very similar. So I, I'll let you go first. Who's number two on your list? I've got, uh, I've got, yeah. The, I think the only question is, is which order we picked them in. <laughs> That's right. My number two is is Nick Lewis. Yeah. Well, so am I. So yeah. is mine. So and uh, you know, and where where do you start? Uh, where do you start with Nick Lewis again? He was uh, part of, I, I guess you could call it like the WWE. You could call it the Attitude 
COVID era mm-hmm. of uh, of that Calgary receiving core. And, you know, Nicholas established himself as just that go-to guy. You know, a lot of talk, and he backed it up. And, man, could the guy block. I mean, the way the rules have changed, a lot of the way that Nick used to block wouldn't be allowed now. But, hey, he was a guy who played to the rules of his time, and he blew up. A lot of guys who weren't paying attention in that secondary and made things happen for a lot of uh, a lot of his mates. Never the fastest guy, but nope. I remember uh, you know doing the doing the sidelines when uh, when when Nick was uh, when Nick was still here, watching him lope down the field and uh, just seeing his teammates just kind of laughing at him because this was not exactly gazelle like speed at this point of uh, of of Nick's career. But again, the guy would just go up and get the football mm-hmm. wherever whatever quarterback put it. He didn't look like a receiver because he was no. a big boy. He yeah. looked more like a, you know a powerful running like back, fullback or something. Yeah, exactly right. But I. Tell Tell you what, the guy could catch the ball, and the guy, you know, obviously was a, was a personality. But mo- most importantly, you know, Matt Dunnigan didn't leave a lot of legacy mm-hmm. in this city, but that will be his legacy. You know, the fact that he found Nick Lewis, brought Joffrey Nick Lewis Reynolds, here, yeah. at Joffrey Reynolds as well. But uh, Nick Lewis had a, you know, I, th- I think a better career than Joffrey Reynolds when it was all said and done. Uh, so yeah, when you win the Rookie of the Year, you know, on a bad Stampeder team, and then you become the face of this organization, he really did. You know, you could say Henry Burris and stuff like that, but Henry Burris didn't have a fan club like Nick Lewis mm-hmm. did. And and the Lick, uh, Nick Lewis Nation still lives and thrives out there. And, you know, it was sad for Stampeder fans that he couldn't end his career here in Calgary. I get it because of the salary cap. And sooner or later, players do have to move on. But I'm you, you can't argue with the numbers, what he did, what he did for this Oh, yeah, and it's funny. I mean, it's, uh, you know, not surprised at all that he did the one day to retire mm-hmm. as a Calgary Stampeder. But you think about it, other guys, Kenyon Rambo did that. Uh, Terry Vaughn also did that, retiring mm-hmm. as a Calgary Stampeder. Just, you know, proud of their association with the with the with the organization so gee number hmm. one and hmm. the mystery the mystery the anticipation everyone's just sort of leaning towards their computer speakers here <laughs> yeah. wondering where we're gonna go the with number one anticipation is building get a little drum roll going here i think it's a no-brainer yeah alan pitts really yeah go figure well i no okay i went with alan pitts alan pitts is uh it was an amazing athlete to watch. I mean, just the the jaw dropping things that you know the the plays that he would make, the ways he would just run away from people. Mm-hmm. He was just, again, you know, you'd see the ball going Allen Pitt's way, and you know, you'd sort of be inching up in your seat because you knew that uh, you know that that, that something was going to be on the verge of happening. Uh, true enough. And, you know, again, I, I said the same thing about Tom Verzani. There's a reason number 18 is mm-hmm. retired by this organization. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a great cup champion. You know, I, I don't like how he how he's disassociated himself from the organization. Yeah, that's sad. That, that is kind of sad because, yep. you know, he could, he could be here and he could own the town. Uh, but when it's all said and done, you look at his numbers, you look at the great cups, you look what he's done to the, for the city and, and, and his size. Like he had that perfect... Yep. body size and you know was he was he as good blocking downfield as a Herm Harrison mm-hmm. or a Nick Lewis or a Marquay McDaniel probably not but boy he could he he ran the best routes he caught the ball he was dynamic and he knew where the end zone was you know you you, you look at uh, you know players in eras you think okay well this guy was great in his era but you know would he be that good now Alan Pitts yes. yeah. yeah when you remember the body type when you remember the skill set Alan Pitts would uh, would, would be 
you know a star receiver in in any era mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Canadian Football League. And again, the only the only tragedy for me is the fact that you know we don't get to see this guy more and talk to him more. So let me recap my top five: Dave Sapunjis, number five; Herm Harrison, number four; Tommy Frizzani, number three; Nick Lewis, number two; and Alan Pitts, number eighteen, number one. I started at number five: Herm Harrison, uh, Jermaine Copeland. I go with at number mm-hmm. four: Dave Sapunjis, number three, and then Nick and Al, number two and at number one. So here's a quick question for you before okay. we wrap up for this week. Of uh, the current group, and uh, we'll count everybody in sickbay mm-hmm. right now, Is uh, do you see anybody on, on this current group of receivers that could one day be on, uh, well, for, for the next Jock and Dave, hmm. when they're redoing this on a podcast in uh, 10 or 15 years from now, uh, they're going to be talking about someone from today that's in their top five. Boy, that's a great question because, you know, I, I, I look at Kamar Jordan and I look at his age, 29, yeah. and I look at what happened last year's Great Cup game, and that is going to haunt him for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he's going to, you know, you know can, he, can he play another four or five years at his age? Probably not. Uh, DeVaris Daniels, we've talked about him maybe giving the NFL another shot. Is he going to get another shot in the NFL? Uh, Eric Rogers, because of the injuries, I just think it has derailed his career a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think that is kind of sad. Um, so I guess a short answer to your question is no. How about you? The only uh, the only guy I could see again, like you know, just just great reasons for uh, for the guys now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I I want to say that Kamar was well on his way to putting that Grey Cup fumble in the rearview mirror oh, yes, with the kind of year that he was having. And uh, you know, maybe you'd look at uh, at at a Reggie Begleton, who mm. again, it's a real small sample size. But you know he he was up to the challenge when he became the go to guy for the Calgary Stampeders. Mm. It's a, but it is a, it is a little bit of a long shot as as good as this and that's what I've said to people about uh, about this team. There's teams with better individuals. But I really like the group of people mm-hmm. they put together on this year's Stampeder team. I, I, I think you're right there because I look at the national receivers on this team. You've already mentioned Juwan. You know, you, you look at Lamar Durant. You know, this this team has some weapons, and I think they've got some potential weapons down the road, like a Julon Lynch, who, uh, you know, obviously has yep. great potential as well. Richard Sindani has mm-hmm. great potential. So I, I like their, their national core of receivers. Their Americans as a unit, I think, are very, very solid. Yeah. But I just, you don't, just don't, think, don't have that individual star. No, and I don't think they're going to have the staying power. You know, again, yeah. health will become an issue. And, you know, to make a top five list, you got to have longevity. And that's where we are going to wrap it up for this week. Remember, we drop the Stampeder podcast every Thursday morning. Check it out at all your favorite spots, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in, or just go to our website and download it. If you like what we're doing, please rate us. Let us know what you think. If you really like the broadcast, tell a friend Let's get those download numbers up there and drop us an idea because we are always looking for your ideas on what we can do for a podcast and uh, how to make this show better. Hey, you, you can contact are, me at jock at yeah. 770 CHQR. Your email address is dave.roe at coruscant.com. We're, we're easy to find. We are easy to find. That's all the time we've got this week. You are Jock Wilson. I'm Dave Rowe. Thanks for joining us on the Stampeder Podcast. 